Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show you're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up on this Monday in July to get ready to bring you some MLB All-Star Preview. Give us a call. We're going to talk about a bunch of things, but give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us your emails, your thoughts, your All-Star memories. To today at gmail.com. Tweet at us, Facebook us, like us, YouTube us. We're, you know, we're pretty much everywhere for you. Also, check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com, with a lot of great interviews, a lot of fantastic sports guests. We've been having guests on football and college football and NBA, so you can go back and check that out. Ray, we got a busy show with the MLB, the Wimbledon champs, the golf, getting ready for the, the Open some NFL shenanigans, and, of course, some more NBA free agency. But, Ray, I have to ask you this. Why is the Major League Baseball All-Star Game probably by far the best ever? I know we're nostalgic, but break it down for the fans. Why is it the best? Well, you know what's great about baseball is that it might be hokey, right? But every team is represented, and you get a good feels like you get a good combination of young and old. You got compelling stories. You hear about all these stories about pitchers, you know, pitching on Saturday and pitching on Sunday, and coaches calling each other and being like, you know, is it all right if I use this guy for one inning and can he face one batter? And so right. some guys will come. Some guys won't be there. We'll talk about that. Some guys won't be there, but other guys will, like Chris Sale. You know, there was a little Ned Yost action. They, they were talking, uh, you know, to Robin Ventura about, hey, can Chris Sale pitch and how many pitches and should I have him on a pitch count? So it, there's a lot of storylines. You know, I think that's what's interesting about baseball in general and specifically about the All-Star game. Plus you got the home run derby, so you get hyped up on Monday, and then you actually watch the game on Tuesday. Um, you want to see your guy play four, five, six innings if he's a starter. But since every team is represented, they got so many guys that need to get some playing time. So it's a fun day. It's a fun two days, I should say, Monday and Tuesday. And, you know, it's it's always fun to sit back and, and, and take a break and see these guys in kind of a relaxed atmosphere. So I like it. I, I, I like the Monday and Tuesday for, for uh, you know, for MLB. But, you know, you think this one is, is 
by far going to be the best one? What, what's going on? You, you like the home well, run derby, the new format? You, what, what, what's on your mind? Well, I know with the home run derby, they're, they're going to get five minutes apiece. Uh, not so focused on that. You know what I think? I just mean compared to the other sports. NBA, they don't play defense to the fourth quarter or halfway through. NFL's a joke. Hockey, yeah, they score a lot. They don't play all the way defense. Baseball, and there is something on the line, which we both agree should not be on the line, that the winner determines home field advantage for the World Series, which it should be the best record. But they switched it after the debacle years back. But what I'm interested in, and it's not the same, because remember, when we grew up, 70s and 80s, it was always about seeing the American League against the National League because there was no interleague play. So that was always a great storyline. It was fascinating. And it was something that you only saw and envisioned in your dreams and in the World Series and then the All-Star Game. Well, now we've got interleague play out of the wazoo. You know, that was started years back. And then now it's, you know, more interleague. But I still believe you know, and we'll look at the at the break point, right? Obviously, you know, 162 games. Most teams have played probably about 88 games. But going into this, you know, I want to see Bryce Harper, who potentially could be chasing a triple crown, you know, going up against some of these great American League pitchers. Sonny Gray won't be there, but Chris Sale and King, you know, Felix, or vice versa. You want to see, um, you know, Miguel Cabrera, against some of the National League pitchers who are so, you know, Kershaw's coming now, obviously the other great NL arms. Um, This this is exciting, you know, and to me, I think it's still about matchups. You know, you want to know, will the hitters be able to knock one out in Cincinnati or will the pitchers dominate, you know? So I'm looking forward to that. Are there any players specifically that you're – you're ready to see shine, even though, you know, we've got the four Royals or Donaldson, or do, do you want to see some of the young pitchers? Who Who's the, the one or two guys that you think the fans really want to see or that you personally want to see? So it's funny because usually I want to see the hitters. I want to see the hitters and the, and the big boppers and, and see what they can do. But this year I'm into the pitchers. I think it's an era that's become a pitching era. And ever since they took steroids out of the game. So there's a couple of plot lines. I mean, I think that your boy Ryan Braun making the team for the first time since his suspension is very interesting. I want to see that. I want to see how he's, you know, how he's received in Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Milwaukee. You know, he's played there before. Um, Zanke and Dallas Keuchel are named the starting pitchers. So, Zach Greinke's pretty, I mean, it's pretty unbelievable. But I, I want to see the dominance of the pitchers. You know, I, I, I love hitting and I love, you know, chicks dig the long ball. But I'd <laughs> love to see, and, and it's and baseball would hate this, right, but I'd love to see a, like a 1-0 game or a 2-1 oh, I game. I mean, these guys are great. Think about the guys that they have here. Granky and Keiko and Scherzer and Sonny Gray right. and Chris Sale said he's gonna, uh, you know, the, the the Robin Ventura said he could pitch one inning. So I, I just want to see great pitching. I, I just love great pitching, and I think that great pitching. We're in an era of great pitching and kind of mediocre hitting. Um, but it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Let's go down the lineup. You know what? Let, let's um, and then let me give 
give me your thoughts. Let's talk about the starting lineup. So we, we talked okay. about the starting pitches, right? We got we got Zach Greinke and, and Dallas Keuchel. So we got Houston and the Dodgers represented. So weird to me that Houston's in the American League, but that's another story. Uh, <laughs> so so starting lineups in our American League because you got to admit we're American League guys, we're Yankee yeah. fans. So, Yankee so obviously fans, we love yeah. baseball, but first. You know, our first love is the Yankees, so we obviously got a slight bias for the American League. So you got Mike Trout leading off. So you've got <laughs> <but> <laughs> that, that, that MVP, right there in a nutshell. <laughs> right, as your first hitter, welcome Zach Greinke. Your first hitter is Mike Trout, the best player in the game, MVP, and then maybe could have had a, a claim to and, two other and MVPs. That, and Ray, that makes the fans want to tune in right away. First pitch. I mean, look, right. that's a colossal matchup. That's pretty smart. LA, LA. So then you have Josh Donaldson, of course, representing the Blue Jays, the number one overall vote getter in the American League, which is also pretty cool for him in Toronto to get all those votes. Right. Uh, then you have a perennial all-star in Albert Pujols representing the Angels. And you've got your boy also bouncing back from his suspension, Nelson Cruz for PEDs, yeah. representing Seattle. And then you've got Lorenzo Big Daddy Kane representing <laughs> the Kansas City Royals, hitting in the fifth slot. You've got probably one of the most, one of the best all-around players in baseball, still underrated, Adam Jones, playing left for the Baltimore Orioles. You've got an up-and-coming catcher, Sal Perez, for the Kansas City Royals. And then you've got another young stud, underrated because he's undersized, Jose Altuve, playing second base and representing the Houston Astros. And then you've got Alcides Escobar playing uh, shortstop and also representing the Kansas City Royals. Young, stud, big arm, um, not not a great hitter, but speed at the bottom of the lineup. So that that's the lineup that Zach Greinke's going to face, right? And then Dallas Keuchel is going to face another MVP leading off in Andrew McCutcheon, center fielder for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's pretty then you've tough. got the hot-hitting third baseman Todd Frazier for the, for the hometown Cincinnati Royals. And right. then you've got uh, the runaway MVP right now in the National League, Bryce Harper, in right field representing the Washington Nationals. And then you've got... The guy who in any other year would win the MVP is your guy, Paul Goldschmidt, playing first base for the Arizona He's in the battle for Triple Crown as well. Also in the battle for Triple Crown. And then you've got a former MVP World Series champ, Buster Posey, catching. So catchers, you know, good-hitting catchers here in Sal Perez and Buster Posey. Hitting Doing good. And then you've got the DH... You've got Rizzo from the Chicago Cubs and his uh, his fellow uh, diamond mate Chris Bryant's going to be on. You know he'll he'll play uh, an interesting role in this game too. Then you've got Johnny Peralta, another ex PED guy, but uh, bouncing back nicely for the St. Louis I think people Cardinals. People forget that he was a PED guy. You know, honestly, you don't hear that much yeah. talk about him. And then you've got an up-and-coming rookie stud. So you've got one named Chris Bryant, but you've got another one that's a little bit under the radar screen, Jock Peterson. If you don't know about Jock, you better check know. him out. You, you better recognize because he's batting eighth. 
and playing left field representing his L.A. Dodgers. And then you've got the second baseman for the Colorado Rockies, LeMatthew, uh, in the number nine spot, and that's the lineup that Dallas Keuchel is going to face. So of those players, what what are you looking for? What's your storyline here? Well, I want to see Goldie for the D-backs. I wish Stanton was in that starting lineup, you know, in terms of the great bats. But Harper and Trout are driving the the media in terms of, like, the two young studs. But I think it's going to be Goldschmidt and, and Andrew McCutcheon to really look for. And you might remember this, but in the, I guess, late 60s, early, going well into the 70s, I think the National League had a run of either 13 in a row or 14 and something crazy. I mean, I know they won maybe 11 out of 12 or 13 and 14 in a row. And the National League had such a run of dominance. The AL in the 90s or whatever, they won, you know, their pockets of two, three in a row. But I think this could be the making. We'll see how it breaks. um, Just looking at the lineups, I kind of like the National League a little bit better. I wonder if they're going to start another reign of dominance. And that would be, yeah, that would be the question to me. Cause I mean, listen, when you're talking about Harper and, and Goldschmidt and, and some of these guys Posey, I, I just think it could be a situation. Now, listen, it's not any slouches over there, but um, it'll be fascinating to see. And I think with all-star games, Ray, as we were talking about before, you know, we remember Dave Parker and Pete Rose running over the catcher and, you know, Joe Morgan and, 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 and Bo Jackson, these clutch moments and these clutch hits and Joe Carter, different guys who stole the show and, and did great, you know, things and great performances. And of course, A-Rod moving over and everybody giving the standing ovation to Cal Ripken Jr. So I think, I don't know if we're going to have any great moments because there's nobody like retiring this year that's in the game, you know, right. maybe it would have been different if A-Rod was there and, we don't know if this is his last year or not or whatever, but I think it's going to be a new beginning. That's what I would title this, a new beginning for the young fans because there's a plethora of great young stars in this game of all ethnic backgrounds, all countries. And, you know, we've got players from the Netherlands, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, America, you know. I mean, so I think in that sense, this baseball needs to build this as the new beginning. And that, that would be my marketing for this. And I would hype up anywhere from six to 10 different names. Cause there's a, between pitchers and batters, there's a lot of stars. So why don't you tell us who's in the Derby tonight? And, and then we can make our picks on that. Who's uh who's up to bat swinging in the home run Derby on ESPN. So first let's talk about baseball and how they changed it up a little bit to try and keep smart. it sexy. Yeah, I'm a smart. What do you think about that? I mean, first of all, what do you think about that? I mean, that, that was all right had, because it was getting too long, and players were getting too tired. So yeah. you put a time limit on it. That that's a little better. You know, you're not trying to wear guys out. And remember, in the past, and really, you know, some guys one didn't on one. Want, right, and some guys didn't want to do it because it was messing up their swings for the second half. Right, and we but, still don't love the fact that Bryce Harper, for example, is not doing it because his father's not pitching to him. But, you know, it's like you have the chance to win a triple crown. You're you're 
you know, in demand. Let the fans see you. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's swinging. You know, it's batting practice. Maybe you're, you're just swinging a little harder than batting practice, but you know, come on, give the fans what they want. So I'm a little disappointed in that. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I definitely want to want to see what's going on here. You know what else is good? So starting with the participants, I love that Albert Pujols is back, and. You know, he's back in the All-Star game, and he's back in the Home Run Derby. Because he could have been like, you know, I've been there, done that, let me just enjoy this weekend, which, you know, nothing wrong with that. But I love it. I love it. My man, Albert Pujols, is back in the house. So, all right, so let's talk about the participants here. So you got Albert Pujols. You've got a two-time defending champ, not a defending champ, but a two-time champion and Prince Fielder, who's going for his third title. And he's back. Then you've got a young stud in Chris Bryant for the Cubs. Then you've got a starter in Jock Peterson who mashes the ball. I mean, have you seen some of the balls he hits? They're right. I mean, he, four, six, on average, he's, he's got the greatest average for distance for home runs this season. So that yeah. tells you Right there, what the kid is doing. He's impressive. Jock. And then you've got another guy who uh, might be the best all-around player in the game, Manny Machado. I mean, he's a defensive guy. You know, he's just as good on defense as he is on offense. Great two-way player for the Orioles. Excellent two-way player. Then you've got Josh Donaldson, again, you know, a stud coming over from Oakland, doing great in Toronto. Then you've got, you know, my lefty. You know, you know I got to go with my lefty. And then you got Anthony Rizzo from the Cubs. Oh, okay, Rizzo's the in there. That's good. Yeah, and then you got the hometown hero in uh, in Todd Frazier. So the opening round is going to be – so they did it one versus eight, you know, two, two versus oh, okay. seven and so forth. So it's Pujols like and Bryant. Okay. Um, Pujols and Bryant is one matchup. Then you got Peterson Machado. Then you've got Donaldson Rizzo, and then Frazier Fielder. That's good. So those, that's the brackets right there. So let's go well, predict that for me. So let's go. So you got Pujols and Bryant. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to go with the savvy veteran. He steps up to the moment. So I'll take Pujols there. The- I think so, too. I think your first one, you get a little, you get a little choked up. So Peterson and Machado. Is the other side of that bracket. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jacques. Okay. No relation to uh, Jacques. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna say the same logic for rookies, so I'll go with Manny Machado on that one. Oh, okay. Uh, Donaldson and Rizzo. That's an interesting matchup. That's a good one. I'm gonna go with Donaldson just because I think he's he's really an underrated home run hitter, and I think he's ready to step up big for the fans that supported him. I think uh, Rizzo might be pressing. To keep up with you know Chris what? I'll go Rizzo on that one. I'll say okay. in, in in Cincinnati the balls will fly out to right, uh, and then you got the hometown guy Todd Frazier against the Prince Prince Fielder. Uh, I think Prince does this in his sleep. I like Frazier, and I think you know if he had any other matchup he could potentially win, but I think the Prince is back, and and he you know he's in the running if you could almost say not a triple crown but maybe a double crown, but. Prince Fielder's having one heck of a season. Could be the AL MVP eventually. Who knows? But I'm going to go with uh, Prince. Yeah, I agree. I think Todd Frazier's a hometown guy. is going to put too much pressure on himself. And you know I love me a lefty. 
So yeah, I, I like feel there. So wait, so you have Pujols and Peterson, and I have Pujols and Machado. So who you got, Pujols and Peterson? I'm gonna actually say the endurance goes with the young pub. I think Peterson advances. Okay, I'll take Pujols. I'll take Pujols okay. over Machado. Um, Machado's a good home run hitter. I think Pujols is just a veteran, knows what he's doing. And then you've got Donaldson against Fielder, and I've got Rizzo against Fielder. So who you got? I'm actually going with the Prince. The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is back. He's in Texas, and he's going to do it for him and his daddy. Maybe they'll mend their relationship a little bit better. You know, I know it's been back and forth with them. I think Prince Fielder um, goes up against Jacques, and I actually think Prince wins it all. Wow. Okay. You know, I'm going to go with Prince Fielder also, and I'm going to say Prince Fielder faces Albert Pujols. So this is one of those old veterans. And Um, you know what? I think he went to the fountain of youth. He's like Ponce uh de Leon. And I'm going to go Albert Pujols, who has 26 homers, you know, Let's just hope that fountain is pure. Let's just hope it's a pure fountain. Well, let's not. That's that's another episode of Rante today. This okay. episode is just about <laughs> who wins the, who wins I'm the just derby. Just checking on you. What's in your fountain? <laughs> oh my God, Gatorade, Gatorade. It's a Gatorade. Gatorade. Fountain. Okay. So, right, well, that's good. so before we leave baseball, let's just take a peek at the standings. I mean, obviously, the division leaders. You've got the Yankees. You've got the Royals. You've got the Angels, who have squeaked past Houston. That's in the AL. Then in the NL, the Nats are holding off the Mets. That's been back and forth, you know, a lot of the year. The Cardinals, even though the Pirates are playing great, the Cardinals are just even greater, but the Pirates have narrowed that gap. And the Dodgers. So out of those six, can any of those six division winners from this point, do you see any of them? Two things collapsing and not making the playoffs or out of the division winners, just those six, do we have a world series champ? So yes. Give me, yes. Give me one of each. Let me one put it each. this way. I don't think that these six will be the six division winners at the end. I think there'll be some, some, well, give some me one, of each. one that was shuffling champ and one that could miss the playoffs. Well, keep it, keep this in mind. So most teams have played, 89 games or so, 87, between 87 and 89 games. The largest lead of any of those is four and a half, four and a half games. And that's the the Dodgers over the Giants. But other than that, you know, the Cardinals, even with their outstanding season, are only up two and a half games. And the Pirates are on a run. Well, the Pirates are on a roll, exactly. And the Houston Astros got caught, right? They've won two of the last ten. And the Angels caught them, but the Angels are only up by half a game. And even the Yankees, our Yankees, are only up by the worst team. The Boston Red Sox went on a little run, and they're six and a half back, and everybody else is between three and a half and four and a half back. So there will be some turnovers. So one team that I think will not make it, ooh, I'm going to get controversial on you, I actually think the Angels are going to pull away from the Astros. So so I think the Astros are fighting for a wild card. Um, you know, it's hard to – all right, let me let me – let me say something that might be a little bit crazy because, you know, those are my Yanks. I, I actually don't think the Yanks are going to hold on. I think that the age is going to hit them. Yeah, I, I, I hate to say it. And here's the funny thing. 
Right. I don't even know who's going to catch the Yanks because it could be Baltimore. It could be Toronto. I think the Rays ultimately can't hit. So I think that they're that it's well, going to come back to lost, haunt them. Remember, the Red Sox just lost Buckholz. Yes, and, and the Red Sox. And I, it won't be the Red Sox. The question is, but Ray, the question is, do who makes a deal? Who's making a deal? Because the the Reds and the Phillies are going to be sellers. You're talking Hamels, maybe Howard. Uh, you're potentially looking at Cueto, maybe Votto or or Jay Bruce. Some bats, well, what's interesting, Phillips. If you, if you look at these rosters, what's interesting is or these organizations, what's interesting is the teams that would make the deals are teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers. You know, the, the Cardinals usually don't make these midseason deals. The Nationals are too, you know, they're too young. They, they haven't been in enough playoff races to even think about deals, but they didn't make one last year. Um, the Angels, you know, is Artie Moreno going to want to take on more money? I don't know. The Royals don't seem like a team. The Twins, the Rays, they don't seem like teams that would – would take on payroll and would give up youth for you know a win now mentality. So uh, the, right. the Houston Astros, that's that's a team that really should do it. Are they all in? Right? They just fell out of first place. They've been in first place for what two and a half, three months, and now you know are they ready to make a move or do they deep down in their heart feel like next year is their year? They got a young I would dud. In, listen, they staff. love their. They love their youth, Ray, but I got to be honest, their fans have been starving. And with 49 wins in the AL, they have a legitimate shot, you know, even battling the Twins for the wild card. They, they, they're they right in the mix. And to me, you got to go get an arm or a bat, probably a bat for them. I think their pitching is pretty good. You know, maybe Battery. you get another, maybe another middle reliever, but the Astros could definitely do something. But I got to ask you this. Two teams in the AL that really have disappointed both of us and collapsed this year, or really three, it's the A's, the Mariners, and the White Sox. Could they, the three of them, be sellers? All of them with 41 wins, uh, you know, really just struggling this year. What, what are your thoughts so on those three organizations? The A's could definitely be a seller. I mean, the only person right. safe on that team is probably Sonny Gray. But oh, Sonny, other than Sonny, that – Sonny is safe. <laughs> Sonny yeah, is safe. Other than that, the A's – and Billy Bean would definitely happily sell. Um, I think Seattle really thinks that they've got something, and they really are disappointed as they should be. So I think they'll chalk this up to bad first season, but we have the tools in place between Seager and Ackley, Robinson Cano, and and that pitching staff led by King Felix. i got to think that they're very much – confident in their ability to compete in the AL West and even farther than that. So I don't think they're doing anything. So so yes for the A's, no for the Mariners, and then the Chicago White Sox. That's an interesting squad right there. I mean, you could see them also kind of trying to talk themselves into the fact that 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 you know, they made a couple free agent moves. They got a Brayu last year from Cuba. Uh, right. Do they hold Pat, or do they just blow this team up? And throw the Padres so, in there too, Ray, with 41 wins on the National League side, which we both predicted to win the wild card. They yeah, are extremely sure. disappointing. They've had a ton of injuries, but fire you know, Bud Black. Yeah, it's been um, it's been kind of messy in San Diego. So they could be. I mean, listen, we could have 
the deadline is the 31st. You know, then after that, everybody's got to clear waivers. So we'll see. But better believe we'll, uh, you know, we'll update the trades and stuff like that. But some, some big deals, I think, are coming. I, I wouldn't be surprised if three or four teams besides the Red Sox and Phillies start selling some some guys. So I guess it would just be fascinating who buys. We could be surprised who the, who the buyers are. Yeah, well, there are going to be a lot of GMs out there itching to pull the trigger. And you're right. I mean, we, 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 have, we have buyers and sellers. The one concern I have is that typical buyers are not leading their divisions. You know what I mean? you got a lot of Astros. The, you know, they should make a move, but I'm well, not but sure the they're, they're ready. The Twins. Don't, don't sleep on the Yankees and Angels buying in the Dodgers. Yankees I mean, and Angels and Dodgers. Street. It's back yeah, in New York and L.A. again, the big market. Exactly. Team. Dodgers, people think that the Dodgers will be buying, whether it's Hamels, whether it's Cueto. The Dodgers are lining up for Cueto. So it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun. I hope everybody enjoys, you know, the whole all-star festivities festivities, and, and just everything. Ray, we, 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 we got to keep it moving, and we have to talk about two amazing champions. And we'll start with the women. Wimbledon ended this weekend. And all I can say is 21-6 and Serena, Serena, Serena. Dominance. What were your thoughts? You know, when we previewed this, I said Federer, I'm sorry, Djokovic and Serena. And it wasn't sexy, but I said they are about a head and a half above the competition. And Serena, it's funny because Serena had to – struggle a little bit in the round of 16 and then she met her sister and then she you know she has some struggles here and there so i can't say that it, this was like the faux 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 you know moses malone <laughs> yeah. our 83 sixers but she is the through. class of women's tennis and it's interesting because she's 33 and federer's 33 and federer we'll talk about him in a sec but for 33 years old she is about as good as it gets, and she's won her – you know, she's creeping up there to Steffi Graf territory, and if she stays healthy, she'll pass Steffi Graf. And, you know, in terms of majors, in terms of, uh, uh, you know, maybe next year or the year after, if she can keep the space up, you, you hands down have to consider her, you know, the best singles player. And then add to the fact that she's got, what, 20 uh, uh, majors – what how, how many 21 majors. 21 majors. And 12 in doubles. And if she keeps going, you got to think that it, it's going to be hers all alone. If she but how about have, this? You know, if I told you that, that she's, she's going for the you know Grand Slam this year, winning all four majors, but this was something that she was doing 12 and 13 years ago. That's what See, that's what's so impressive, to be this dominant this long and at this age to still reign supreme over the competition. Right now, I would say – Without question, Serena Williams is the best female athlete in sports. I, I can't even think of anyone that can touch her. 
And I'm just. What about my girl you know, Carly Lloyd with the with the hat trick in the, yeah, in the no, we, Women's we World Cup? No, no, I'm just kidding. But Serena, no. she's awesome. She she she's yeah, great. And definitely. especially think about this in an era where 33 is so over the oh, hill. I mean, look at her sister, who's a really good player, but when she hit 30. You know, all kinds of injuries crept up on her, and it was just, you know, she hasn't won much since. In her 30s, I don't, she hasn't won a major. So think about how dominant Serena is at 33. She will have won a Serena Slam, and then if she wins the U.S. Open, which she'll, she'll be the prohibitive favorite, she'll win a Grand Slam at 33. Yeah. I mean, that wow. Take your hat off to Serena, her conditioning, and you her know skills, her concentration, her desire, all that. No, so she's had the injury too. She's just been able to come back bigger, better, stronger, and much faster compared to everybody else. And listen, you know I was rooting for Federer. He played his butt off, but the Joker he really was just too did. much. He really did. He had a oh, great he tournament. Great. He, he great. could have won this tournament any other year. Right, you know Djokovic I was rooting for him. He's just too good. He's just too good. He's better, and he's younger, and he's stronger. And he's just a little bit superior at every aspect of the game. And you just saw it. You just saw his youth yeah. and his power were just too much. He Roger Federer, Roger Federer. He did. And and you see his strength. You see his serve. But what I love, not just the serve, you know, you can bring heat at him, but it's how he responds to the serve. I mean, like his his returns, I mean, he sets himself up that, you know, sometimes he's not having too much of a back-and-forth volley. Like, he, he's incredible. I think the Joker is – it's his time. And honestly, looking at the men, he's going to have a run for a while. If Nadal can't get himself back together, it's going to be, you know, the Joker for the next couple of years just kind of well, – that's a great point. He's got Andy Murray's number. Major. Yeah, he's got yeah. Andy Murray's number. Oh, now, he, he this owns kid. Murray. Stan Wawrinka gave yeah. him a hard time and beat him at the French. But other than that hiccup, that, you know, the Joker is just running wild. You know, I, I got to think that he'll also be a prohibitive favorite in flushing. I think Murray already hit his ceiling, Ray. If you want to be honest, winning in the Olympics, um, I, I don't think we're going to see any more majors out of Murray. And that's okay. He, he, I think he's maxed out his talent. His talent. He's, he's not a Andy Roddick of Britain. Yeah, he's erotic. He's not an Agassi. He's not. He's not a consistent great winner. He's. I think he's definitely hit his ceiling, and I think he's on on the way down. He'll get to the semis. He'll get to the quarters. You know, stuff like that. But it, he's not going to win. And I think the men's game needs some more competition. You know, the women have Azarenka and Na, and they've got a couple of other, you know, Sharapova still around. The women have five or six different women that can still kind of, you know, if Serena slips up and makes, you know, errors, they can pull out. The men, it's, it's really, you know, Federer, if he can get one more. But it's really Nadal, the Joker, and then, you know, the other guy, you know, got in in the French, but... You know, who knows if that's a fluke, right? He's got to win, prove it again and win again to show us. Yeah, Roland Garros is such a such a and unique that's such a surface unique, right. play. Yeah. yeah. So you can't even judge that properly. We'd have to see if this guy can show up at the U.S. Open. So, 
So we'll see. It looks like the Joker and Serena will be the favorites, obviously, going into the U.S. Open. I like to see Nadal and Federer, you know, bang heads with the Joker there. You know, you want to see Venus do good, Mary Sharapova try to push Serena, but I I think it will come down to the two of them. Now, we got the Open coming up, and there's a young gentleman from Texas who right now is on such a run. I'd like to see him go to the Open. I still want to call it the British Open, but now it's the Open. I know, but it's called the Open Championship. Stay right. They got real real arrogant on us, right? Real pompous on us. They did. They did. They're like, uh, just so you know, Scotland is the home, okay? So um, I got to believe Jordan Spieth has got to be the favorite. You know, I I love Justin Day and and Dustin Johnson, but Rory will be in there too. And you wonder if, you know, he's got an inside track. But how could you not put your chips on Spieth going into the Open? Yeah, it's hard not to. I mean, this guy won, obviously, the U.S. Open a month ago, and he won the Jordan, the, the Jordan, I was going to say the Jordan Deere Classic. The John Deere Classic uh, in a, in a, in a second playoff hole. The record the record's 61, Ray. I mean... This guy was 20 under for the tournament. He's just, and he's 21 years old. That's the thing. And, and the problem in golf is, it, it, like other sports, right, it's, it's a young man's game except that you need that mental struggle. You know, you need to have been through it. So there is, I mean, there's a physical element first and foremost, but there's a mental element. But this guy is gaining momentum, and he's winning majors. And so even though he's only 21, he's like an old man 21 now because he's having so much success. You tend to, I mean, different games, but, but you tend to see that Tiger Woods in him. You say, wait a minute, this guy just walks on the course and knows he can beat you and knows he can he can run away on Sunday and, and can I, win this can thing. I say something pretty bold? This kid is he's he's better than Rory. People were ready to crown Rory? Nah. I think it's Spieth. I think Spieth, not that he's you know, you can't say either of them could be or will be Tiger. You know, everybody's looking for the next Tiger, like they look for the next Jordan, you know. I would say Jordan Spieth, to me, his makeup for consistency and, and mental toughness, the way he handles the course, I think he's, I think he's going to leapfrog Rory. I really do. Wow. Well, you know what? Rory has been tremendously successful early on in his career, but he's also been tremendously inconsistent. So one thing Tiger Woods was and what Jordan Spieth looks like he is so far, he's only 21, we haven't seen enough (laughs) of him, not enough data points, but we know that at 26, 25 or 26, Rory McIlroy is inconsistent. You know, it's one thing – to, to towards the end of your career, you know, like a Freddie Couples who was a great golfer but then had back problems and, and, and Phil Mickelson, you know, had that one bugaboo of coming in second, you know, in, in many of his tournaments, especially, you know, the U.S. Open, but then he finally broke through and won his Masters and so forth. So so guys that be up and down, but to be up and down like Rory McIlroy was at 26, you got to think yourself, so, you're too young, man. I mean, he's a young veteran be, now. He's, he should be in cruise control. He really should be. 
Well, he's too shook. He's shook. I think he's a little. He gets a little shook in him. I'm thinking but he's he'll ready. Still come for out it. and win. I mean, you know, he still might no, win no. five more majors he, in his career. He has the talent. He has the talent to to be there every single tournament. So you know, you don't worry about that. It, it's to me, it's the little intangibles. And I got to tell you, I mean, people are underestimating the 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 competition right now has is the best it's been in years. I mean, listen, Dustin Johnson and Justin Day and and um, Fowler, these guys are Ricky all they're Fowler, really, sure. they're really good. I mean, you've got six or seven guys that you know any given you know Sunday can take the take it home and 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 you know knock in the victory for the course and, and win. And Phil's still around, and you never Bubba know if Watson. Tiger's going to. Yeah, and yeah, no, I, there's I a lot Bubba. of guys. Yeah, Bubba under got and, and, and think about this: they're all under thirty, so. You got a lot of guys that you know. It used to be Tiger versus the field. So even as good as Jordan Spieth is, you got to go with the field. I mean, there's oh, so no. many good golfers Rory. out there. You always take the field nowadays. You have to. No one had. No one's shown to put on that crown yet. But uh, you know, give Jordan some time. I, I think Spieth. You know, and listen, it's going to be hard because, like I said, I mean, <laughs> Dustin Johnson and, Just- and and Jason Day are going nowhere. They're they're like, we're right here, dog. <laughs> you know, so it, it's going to be fun. A lot of competition, and um, we'll see how the Open plays out. I'm going to throw my my uh, ring in, and we'll talk about it uh, next week. But uh, my prediction is going to be with Speed. I, I think Speed is going to uh, take it. So. We'll see how that really. Comes. Oh, and I gotta yeah. go with the field. I gotta go. It's I gotta go another one of those young bucks. I mean, I don't know if it's. Oh, well, you can't like take a, the field. Give me a name. Come no, on. No, no, I know, I know. Maybe, maybe a guy like a prediction, like a Lee Westwood or one of those European veterans. Oh, you're you know, going like with, Ernie Els came up on uh, the scene Ernie. years ago. I like um, to see Ernie. Ernie's yeah, been one of my favorite golfers. I gotta say, I like Ernie Els a lot. I like a European. You know, we said all of all the Americans. I think a European is gonna walk away with the Open Championship. That's fair. That's fair. Well, listen, let's 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 take a, a quick break. Got rock some beats. We've been denying you of some of the the beats and, and the funk and the rhythms, and we're gonna come back strong with a little bit of NFL talk, some news and notes coming around the NFL, and on the fifteenth is the deadline for people signing their franchise tags. We'll talk about that, too, and we'll finish strong with some more NBA signings, free agency, and, of course, Tay will give you some insight on Summer League. Ray and Tay. Your Cowboys uh, training camp is starting the 30th, the 31st. Vikings and Steelers, I believe, start the 25th because they play the Hall of Fame game. You know, Canton, Ohio, and all that jazz will be coming up. So we'll love the speeches of the Hall of Famers. But we're going to Dallas with two major issues. Your boy Des Bryant wants his money. He's going crazy. And how about the NFL commissioner, or really Harold Henderson, taking Greg Hardy from 10-game suspension down to four games. 
I actually think it's good. I don't necessarily love anything about Hardy. Cowboy fans should be considered to be pretty lucky, but because of jurisdiction of the old rules and the new rules, I think four games is fair. What are your thoughts about the Hardy issue? And then we'll get into Dez. So I really have a hard time with this Hardy issue because putting it in the court of reality, you're thinking to yourself, like, what's happening here? If, uh, you know, I guess there's a system, and you got to go by the system. But the judge, you know, found him guilty, and then suddenly the 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 you know the girl disappears, the girlfriend disappears, and can't be found, and the charges are yeah. dropped. And it smells, yeah, it smells a little fishy to me. Um, but I guess you're bound by what you can prove, and 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 if the you know district attorney down there has to you know, consider this an, uh, a closed case, then I guess the NFL has to as well, or at least has to abide by that. Um, it was interesting that they went from 10 to 4. You know, I thought they'd, they'd chop a couple off, maybe go to 8. I thought it would be 8. That was my thought. Yeah, but 10 to 4, that's big. And that's another, I don't want to say slap in the face, because he's still got all the power. But Roger Goodell, you know, there's maybe some checks and balances here with Roger Goodell and and the suspensions that he's laying down. So it's interesting, you know, what what, what does this mean for Tom Brady? What does this mean for other future suspensions? Um, Well, that's the big one because Brady should be coming down this week. They said, you know, Goodell should rule on it this week. And I would ask you, I mean, honestly, I think Brady will go down to one or two games. What do you think on? I think so too, and I I think that was I think that was all in the cards. So I thought I thought Hardy's ten game suspension was was like a legitimate ten game suspension, and maybe knocked <laughs> off by a game or two. I think Brady's was a media play by Goodell, knowing that if he gave him one game or two game games, and it was appealed or it was knocked back. It, if he gave him zero games and suspended or fined him, it wouldn't be the same. So I think this this was a natural, and we both said it, this was a natural four back to two and try and save face for everybody, for Kraft, for Goodell, for Brady. Everybody gets to claim a little bit of victory here. So I, right, I think, but Ray, be honest, Brady might not stop there. And that's that's the one thing that you don't know if Kraft or, you know, who's going to say, listen, Tom, don't fight it. But you got the feeling that the way Tom is coming at it and they say, you know, what happened in the room, that he kind of was really spieling the same thing, you know, that uh, I don't know nothing. It wasn't me. I wonder if he's going to accept one or two games. That That's what you got to worry about. Could this go to the courts all the way through the preseason? It's quite possible. It's quite possible. Uh, so we'll have Is to wait and see. We'll probably see this. That's the yeah. <laughs> and and you know what? You know what to think about Tom Brady. The 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 hard truth of the fact is that maybe he'll fight to the end for his reputation because he's got four Super Bowls. He's got his MVPs, right? So at this point, he's working on his legacy. So maybe he'll he'll fight to the death, you know, Alexander Hamilton style, and it won't be <laughs> about. Most of these guys are about the money, right? Especially when you're early on in your career and you start seeing hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. Everything's lessy for him now. He's got the ring and the money. Not only does he have his own money, but Giselle makes more money than he does. 
So but she's retired. She's not retired. So. Yeah, but they've got that money in the bank. You know, Giselle for many years was making more than he was. So oh, I know she was. Money's not the issue. So if this guy really wants to protect his reputation and is really willing to swing hard for that, you're right. This, this might not go away so easily. So, uh, you know, but the NFL season starts in September with or without Tom Brady. So we'll see how that plays out. But it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens this I week. I tell you this, the NFL does yeah. not want a court battle going through the whole, you know, Hall of Fame and preseason. That would be so ugly. I bet they'd knock it to one game and tell Tom, come on, just do this one game. You'll be back week two. And you know what I mean? I don't know. We'll see. I Almost like pleading no contest. No, I agree. But then again, on the, by the same token, Tom Brady doesn't want all of his emails and his texts and everything being public record either. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, listen, it, it's the whole thing was a mess. And I really got to say it, it's his fault the way it all went down. He was probably worried that because of everybody being so sensitive, if he had kind of told a 50 to 100% truth then that he could have been, you know, maybe potentially missing the Super Bowl. So I think that's why he kind of didn't say anything. And then his kind of response and answer, the way he came out, like, well, I don't think I'm a cheater. What the hell is I never, I've never <laughs> once said in my life, I've never <laughs> once said in my life playing any sports, and you know how competitive your boy Tay is, I've never once said I don't think I'm a cheater. No, you either cheat or you don't cheat, and you know if you do, you don't. Stop it. That's a, insane, and I don't accept that. So let, <laughs> that's let's like, like what he said about Andy Pettit. That's like Roger Clemens and Andy oh, Pettit, yeah, right? Yeah. I think I, Andy say, Pettit I misremembered. Misremembered, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to oh, talk to right. Miriam Webster about that, misremembering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has got to go in the Oxford Dictionary, you know? So what's up with Dez? They're saying oh, the NFL my. But they're saying there might be collusion. A.J. Green kind of came out and said, look, after this season, I'm expecting a contract. Demarius hasn't signed. You know, everybody wants close to Megatron money, almost $16 million a year. I think most of these teams are trying to get the receivers, even Julio Jones, to take more than 30, like around 13. Will there be middle ground? Will it be 14-5, 14-8? I don't know. But Dez is saying, I'll miss a game. I'll miss training camp. I'm pissed. What's going to happen with your with your with your Cowboys? So I don't know if there is or is not overt collusion, above ground collusion. But I do know this: that if you look back in the recent era, there are some star wide receivers in the NFL, no doubt. More than half of them, a large majority of them, are also divas. So that's something that the owners are trying to, you know, get around or, or, or squash. But I, would, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that for Julio and A.J. Green. No, I no, don't think of them I, I didn't say all of them. Maybe half of them. Let's, okay. let's say 50-50. And the other thing to recognize that the owners are going to push back on is to say, look, look at the, look at the last couple years champions. The Seattle Seahawks could be the two-time defending champs, right, if it wasn't for that great play in the end zone with the interception and everything. Not even close to a Pro Bowl receiver. (laughs) Exactly. You're talking about they got rid of the only person that actually put any fear into anybody, right? And that was your boy boy from Florida. Percy. Percy. Exactly, Percy Harvin. So 
they they basically win one and a half Super Bowls. Uh, <laughs> the, the New England Patriots basically have a monster in Gronkowski who also isn't healthy on a regular basis, but they have a monster in Gronkowski, and their wide receivers are, are just average. I mean, Julian Edelman you know, and, and Danny Amendola aren't striking fear in you either. So I think the owners are thinking this, wait a minute, we'll, we'll invest in a quarterback, we'll invest in a left tackle, we'll build an offensive line, we'll, we'll get ourselves a defensive end pass rusher, we'll invest in corners. I'm not sure they want to invest $16 million or $14 million, even in a Calvin Johnson, you know, especially given that look at the last few Super Bowl winners. So is there, is there direct collusion? I don't know. I think the owners are probably smarter than that. But is there a little bit of a hush-hush? And I don't know if it's just – if it's just signaling by one owner and them basically saying, look, I don't want to be the, the, the guy that breaks and signs the next $15 million you know, receiver who gets injured or doesn't deliver. So, you know, collusion's a serious charge, and, and it takes, you know, several parties to tango here. But I do think that they're, they're pushing back on these receivers, and they're, they're saying, I don't know that I want to pay this much for wide receivers. And I don't necessarily blame them because the position is deeper than ever, i.e. just look at last year's draft class where you had about 11 or 13 guys who were productive day one. And then this year's draft class, which potentially, even when Charles Davis was on our show with, you know, guys like, you know, even from Alabama, unsigned, undrafted uh, players probably getting deals, that this could be, you know, another great wide receiver class. So if I'm getting depth in the third and fourth round for receivers like running backs, why would I overpay for that position? But at the same time, I got to say this, you you do – I mean, even though – look, the Seahawks are special the way they've won. Remember, the Broncos were there and the Patriots were there too the last two years, and they've had some serious you know, wide receivers – not so much the Bronco, I mean, not so much the Patriots, but like you said, they did have Gronk, and Gronk is considered to be serious, you know, in, in any way, shape, or form you want to call it, but he's a tight end, but it's like having a Jimmy Graham. So this will be the first time Seattle's put money into the position for any type of pass catching, and that's with the tight end. I'd, I'd be really interested to see how this is going to play out because, to me, I'm not. I'm not losing a Julio Jones, and the Cowboys no, already gave can, up Demarco. Yeah. And come on, you know, if you give up Demarco, there's no way in heck you could give up Des Bryant. Des Des might be the heart and soul of that team. What about Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley? Be easy. Let me tell you something. Let me be easy, but let me tell you something about those two gentlemen. Without Des. They are a plain old sandwich. They are just no, a I regular hear you. old I hear you. No, you're 100% right. You're 100% right. Um, and, you know, everybody's getting older on that team, and Dez is dynamic. He's young. He, you know, is a hot-headed at times, but it feels like he wants to win, right? He's not hot-headed like, look at me, look oh, at me, no, look he's at me. Not, yeah, he's, uh, he's all about winning. He's like Michael He's hot-headed you know? because he thinks he needs to get the ball in every single play, and he wants to do everything he can to help the team. So you'll live with that one. And I, I think the Cowboys will come to a deal. They have to. 
Jason Witten's not a playmaker anymore, and they really need that for Tony Romo and and his sanity and his safety and his security and his success. Yeah. So listen, let's let's end with some NBA talk. Obviously, the DeAndre Jordan stuff went the way it did. Cuban didn't accept the apology, but the Clippers with Jordan, Wesley Johnson, Lance Stevenson, and Paul Pierce, they're right up there with the Spurs as being the favorite. You know, you can't match the Portland Blazers, uh, Trailblazers offer OKC. So the West is loaded again. But this is my question for you, because if you start to look at the top seven in the West, and Portland and Dallas will be a little bit weaker this year, and Sacramento will be better, the Suns could be better. But then compare, let's, let's talk about the East, because I threw this out there on Twitter. Is the East conference closing the gap? Are they just as good or potentially better not overall, but maybe the top five to seven teams, when you consider, obviously, the big three, uh, Cavs, Bulls, Heat, throwing Toronto and Washington, that five, and then now you've got Milwaukee. And let me ask you, what do you think about what the Pacers are doing? People are sleeping, and I think the Pacers are, are retooling quickly. They're getting rid of that big, slow size in West Coast and, and Hibbert. But then with George, they're bringing Monte Ellis. They're, you know, Miles Turner and Joe, Joe Young just signed a contract, Pac-12 player of the year. They signed Jordan Hill. What do you think about the Pacers as a seventh seed and, and their, their rise and rebuilding quickly in strength? So, and by the way, Paul George says he wants to play in the Olympics in Rio next year, and he's ready to roll, and he doesn't care that he got injured last year. He said Larry Bird on board with that. So that's, well, that's true, but uh, well, good for him. Yeah. Uh, that means he's not scared to play. That means he's not scared of re-injuring himself, so that's awesome. I still think the West is is just miles ahead of the East. Miles ahead of the East. Uh, I mean, I can't even tell you that, you know, other than you can look at it by team, you can look at it by best players in the league. You know, Wade is getting older. Uh, Paul George is coming back from a, a pretty serious injury. Derrick Rose is never going to be the same. So in the East, you're really looking at those teams, but but individually you're looking at LeBron as being kind of the, the anchor for the East, whereas, you know, I think the the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth best players behind LeBron are all in the West. And they're they're leading their teams, and those teams are deeper, and those teams are better. So, so, so I, your, your first question was, is the East catching up? I don't think so. I think the West is, is, is pulling away. Now, in terms of specifically Pacers, you know, maybe they realized that, what was it, two, was it three years ago? When they had a chance, that was it. That was their chance to beat the then Heat, and they had a chance. They had They, they lost game six. And then it went on to lose game seven. But that was their chance to beat, you know, to beat the King, you got to, the literal King and the LeBron James King, you know, you got to put a dagger in his heart. And they didn't do that. And they had their chance. And then they got old and they got slow. And so they figured Hibbert and the West, they've got to go. And we got to retool around our young stud in Paul George. Hope he gets healthy. And. We'll see. We'll see. They're, it's an interesting little science experiment because it's hard to go from big to small overnight. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I fine. think you're sleeping on the East. I'm going to tell 
Landon mentioned, Charlotte, Detroit. I think Brooklyn's retooling. I like what Brooklyn's done. Those teams are not even the top ten in the West. Top twelve, maybe. I mean, the West is so much better. It's it's but, hard. Me, Atlanta, Atlanta and Charlotte are just as good now than the Phoenix. And Portland and Dallas are not going to be as good. Jaja Pachulia is not Tyson Chandler or DeAndre Jordan. And D. Will coming over there. Is, and they lose Monte Ellis. Dirk can't score like he's too. So Dallas Portland, that's two teams in the West. They were in the playoffs. Yeah, but- but they're, they're probably the ninth and tenth best team in that conference, and they're still a playoff team for sure in the East. Both of them. But that's fair. I, I just think I think watch you'll see Milwaukee. I like what they've done. I think Detroit getting Ilyasova and Stanley Johnson looks like a monster. By the way, just real quick, summer league: the Knicks and Lakers are coming on tonight at eight thirty. Knicks have been looking good. Uh, Porzingis looked okay. Jeremy Grant looked really nice. Uh, D'Angelo Russell struggling. Okafor looks good. Stanley Johnson looks like a man child. Uh, we might be writing apology letters to him. Um, I really love that Mouse turned Joseph Young for the Pacers. So, some interesting cats in Summer League. I'm hyped up. Ray's still a non believer. A lot of people are disagreeing. I think the Miami Heat are ridiculous. Signing Gerald Green, Amari Stoudemire, and Justice Winslow. McRoberts. Back, I think Heat will be fine. Bosch and Wade will play enough and be healthy. So you better watch Miami. Pat Riley's coming for the King, and uh, that you know that's all I'm going to say about that. And Detroit and Boston are looking at making it. Or, or, no, I'm sorry, Boston and uh, the Nuggets. Gallinari might be coming to the Celtics. Uh, Jameer Nelson looks like Ty Lawson might be really out the door with uh, Emmanuel Mudiay, who's getting busy. They might have overlooked him. He could be the next John Wall, the way he's looking, 19 and 10 the other night. So just a little update, let you know how guys are balling. I'm watching some summer league for you. you know. That's right. Tay is our scout. I'm Tay telling is, is going to tell you who's filling out the bench. But anyway, let's focus on baseball tonight and tomorrow. So you got the Prince. We talked about the king in basketball. You got the Prince tonight winning it all. I got the old head in Albert Pujols, former best player in baseball, winning the home run derby. Who you got tomorrow night winning the uh, uh, I'll tell you winning this. the game? I'm going to go NL wins 3-2. Bryce Harper hits the two-run homer. He makes a statement that he's the, the new kid on the block. He wins MVP. NL leads to the AL, and I hate to say it, but they win 3-2. Okay, I'm, I'm going to go with the American League. I'll say they'll score a few more runs than that. I'll say it'll be a 5-3 game. I like the best player in the game in Mike Trout, even though he's hitting leadoff, um, <laughs> to get on base three times, to score three runs, and really prove why he is you know, one of the young studs in baseball. So I like the American League just a little bit uh, tomorrow night. Well, it sounds like fun. It's going to be a great sports week. Join us next Monday. We'll really be getting into NFL training camp, and we're going to have a Super Bowl winner from the Denver Broncos joining us, Tom Rowan, former punter uh, for the Broncos. You know, he played with the Seahawks, Giants, Steelers, but 13 years veteran in the NFL and a Super Bowl champion. He was with Elway and Schlereth and all those guys in 98 and 99. So Tom Rowan will be joining the show. All you Bronco fans, nah, he's a he's a he's a Colorado Buffalo too, Ray. So that'd be kind of fun, and um, we'll be getting ready to start to talk some more football.
we'll update the Open and the World uh, All Star Game and second half of season and all that good stuff. So, thanks for listening. We're out. Great, great fourth week. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.